Welcome to the Self Love Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Ross Rosenberg. You might know me from my Human Magnet Syndrome book or my Codependency Cure and the Healing the Inner Trauma Child Treatment Program. If you identify as being codependent or what I call self-love deficient, or you consider yourself an empath or a survivor of narcissistic abuse, or if you just have been held back by your life, by your circumstances, or more sadly, a person, say a pathological narcissist, this is the place to be. I will bring my personal and professional experience to help you overcome the biggest and for some the most tragic obstacles. I am committing to giving you the very best information I know that I believe will resonate with both your experience as well as your future dreams. So sit back, enjoy, and let's make this world a better place, one self-love abundant person at a time. Today we are going to be talking about narcissism. Often people ask me, what is a narcissist? That's a tricky and sometimes complicated question to answer because narcissism is really a general personality trait. You can have healthy narcissism or you can have pathological narcissism. For example, like narcissistic personality disorder or borderline personality disorder or antisocial personality disorder. Healthy narcissism could be seen in a, in a 20-year-old who just got his first job and, and is putting a Facebook status and wants to tell everyone. But there is pathological narcissism. And the difference between healthy and pathological narcissism is people get hurt with pathological narcissism. It's a psychological disorder in which you, you focus or over-focus on your own needs while ignoring, diminishing, or marginalizing the needs of others. Often you act um, in ways that are hurtful. I believe that healthy narcissism, if it defined in the manner that it does not hurt someone, I believe that's an outstanding trait. For example, the need to prove to others that your skills, your personality, your abilities are worthy of their attention. Um, your enjoyment of getting others to want to see you or getting others to notice you. Um, healthy narcissism really is just a healthy motivation to show off and to have people meet your needs in order to take care of some psychological function. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, some of us should do it more often. So in short, healthy narcissism is when you pay attention to your own needs, you're not focusing on others, and you're feeling good about it, and no one's getting hurt. It's really that simple. Why do narcissists get angry when they're confronted? To understand the reactivity or the anger that narcissists have when they get confronted about something that they did wrong or they're held accountable is to understand what is a narcissistic injury. A narcissistic injury occurs to narcissists when they are held accountable, confronted, or uh, or shown that something they did wasn't as they thought it was, hurt someone else, or was incorrect or wrong. The narcissist actually carries a great deal of shame. People wouldn't know that because the narcissist acts grandiose and entitled and they act like they're better than anyone. But really, at the core of each narcissist's personality is a very shame-based person, a person with horrible self-esteem. The difference between someone who does not have a personality disorder, say a codependent, and someone who does, like someone with a narcissistic personality disorder or NPD, is the 
is the person with NPD can't bear to think that there's something wrong with them. So they, their natural inclination or almost a reflex is to deny that they did something wrong and blame someone else. Well, that confuses people who are friends or loved ones to the, to the narcissist because they don't understand why would something as benign as saying that I disagree with your politics or no, you didn't turn all the lights off in the house would infuriate a narcissist. To really understand what's behind the anger, the rage, or the narcissistic injury is to understand the trauma that the narcissist um, endured as a child. See, the narcissist can't or won't talk about it because they blocked it out of their mind. But I promise you that behind every pathological narcissist is a person who experienced abuse, neglect, or deprivation as a child. The deprivation was so um, damaging and painful and agonizing, they had to block it from their awareness. They had to create a container of sorts. Um, to keep the shame and, and, and the agony and the pain in a part of their memory or their brain so they could not recall it. And so when you confront the narcissist and they experience a narcissistic injury, they can't think about or reflect that they actually made a mistake because that would bring them to understand how broken they are or how traumatized and damaged they are. So the natural ref reflex is to blame you, is to refuse that anything is wrong with them. Why are narcissists judgmental of others? As I explained just a few minutes ago, narcissists cannot accept what is wrong with them. Their psychological damage, um, the trauma that they experienced as a child that was compartmentalized or repressed, is, is put back very deep in the deepest recesses of their mind. So much so, they can't recall it, nor do they want to recall it. But it is there. It is there unconsciously. They can't grab hold of or put their arms around how damaged they are. They, they can't understand that they carry shame and self-doubt. That's too painful. So when a narcissist judges someone, what they're really doing is they're projecting. In other words, they are seeing themselves in other people. See, they can't, they can't acknowledge or own their own mistakes. It's too painful. It brings up too many memories. It it brings them to the shame that they so deeply and so completely try to push down. But they can see what's wrong with other people. That makes them feel good. That gives them what I call a pseudo self-esteem boost. When a narcissist points out what's wrong with this person or that person or someone else, it gives them this false sense of superiority, this, this sense that they're better. Again, to remind you, narcissists have horrible self-esteem, and they don't know it. And in order to combat or fight those deeper unconscious feelings of being inferior or um, unworthy, they have to find what's wrong with others in order to make themselves feel better. And as I explained a second ago, they project. There's a saying that a therapist once taught me, and it is, if you spot it, you got it. And if you ever no notice when a narcissist judges someone, and you know that narcissist well, they're actually talking about themselves. And it's almost always accurate. The narcissists don't like judgmental people. They don't like people that show off. They don't like know-it-alls. Well, those are narcissistic qualities. Why do narcissists act superior and entitled? Well, the narcissist, in order to maintain this false or pseudo self-esteem, 
they have to somehow refocus their innate feelings of brokenness, their innate feelings of unworthiness. The narcissist who acts like they're superior than others or entitled, or for that matter, grandiose, they, they think they're bigger and better than they really are. Um, it's really an overcompensation of, of how badly they feel, but they can't acknowledge. So what they do is, at every, at any opportunity, they want to show the world, they want to prove how good they are and why they deserve special recognition, why they are, they are entitled to get better uh, treatment than others. Really, the inverse is true. They feel much less worthy of others and they feel more shamefully, um, more shameful, um, about it. But they can't and they won't ever think about it because it's too painful. So what they do is they assume that they're better and they want people to treat them as such. It's just a compensation for that part of them that is repressed, that is connected to how uh, deeply impaired they are psychologically. Is narcissistic personality disorder or the other pathological, pathological narcissistic disorders curable? Sadly, not often. And the reason for this is you need to know what's wrong with you in order to get help. And think about it. It's that simple. If you can't see what's wrong with you, if you can't um, reflect on your faults, or those parts of your personality that need help or work, it's almost impossible to make progress in psychotherapy. So how do you cure someone? There are bona fide, clinically proven, research-validated therapy techniques that work very well with narcissistic personality disorder and borderline personality disorder. Not so much with um, ASPD. But the glitch in this is the person has to commit to the therapy process and has to work the program or the, um, has, has to work the process. Narcissists that do start in these programs sometimes will drop out because someone in the program, say their therapist, challenged them and, and they experienced a narcissistic injury and that was the end of that therapy. A lot of therapists know this when giving marital therapy with a, uh, someone with a narcissistic personality disorder because so, uh, when you hold um, a narcissist accountable in, in, in that thera therapeutic environment, often the narcissist is um, insulted. They are horrified that you would even um, allude to or insist that maybe it's part of their problem. And because of this personality disorder, they not only deny it, but they push back and they say, it is your problem, you're a bad therapist, and that's the last time you saw them. So yes, narcissistic personality disorder can be treated, and yes, there are positive outcomes, but the statistics are very low, sadly. Does our culture celebrate narcissism? Absolutely. Our culture is about achievement. It's the American way. It's a land of milk and honey, that if you're just smart enough and motivated enough, you can achieve whatever you put your heart and mind to. It's a part of the American dream is to be successful, 
and to compete against others and to, and to win because that's capitalism. So in a sense, a part of America or the, the culture of the United States has some narcissistic uh, qualities. Our culture also celebrates narcissistic personal disorder. I mean, think of it. Think of all the famous sports stars. Um, Alex Rodriguez, Pete Rose. Um, think of the politics, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, whether you're Mitt Romney or, or Barack Obama. The reality is that narcissism and perhaps narcissistic personality disorder is pervasive in Hollywood, um, in professional sports, in politics. And why? Think about it. These careers reward narcissism. These careers are based upon someone's ability to get you to love them, to want to see more of them, to want to motivate you to see their pictures, to hear their voice, to get their signature, to, to TiVo hours upon hours of their performances. Yes, our culture rewards narcissists and those with pathological narcissism, mostly NPD. The problem is that a lot of these professional NPDs or narcissists is that they often fail because their insight or judgment is impaired. When they, um, when they get into their entitled and grandiose mode, they cannot see the world as it really is. They can only see the world as it impacts them. And often that puts them in a place of making mistakes that are harmful to their career. And these narcissists will fall from grace. We see this in politics. We see this in sports. But I don't think it's ever going to change because I think our, um, our, our society and perhaps a lot of other Western societies really adore these narcissists because they are so beautiful and talented and they just cannot get enough of them. Does narcissism get worse over time? It's my experience that it absolutely does. Remember, narcissists are psychologically damaged individuals. I know that's a very, very strong term to use for um, a human being. But psychologically, they suffered so much trauma as a child that their psychological development was stunted. And they never grew in a way that most people grow in order to have healthy, loving, mutual, mutual and reciprocal relationships. So over time, the narcissist is going to be attracted over and over again to individuals that will take care of their needs. And that, and they are the codependents. It is my experience as a therapist that codependents do and want to get better. They just need the help, the guidance, and the support. And so when these codependents get better, or when the narcissist goes too far, the relationships don't last. Um, similarly, um, they often um, go from job to job because of their narcissistic injuries, their projections, their judgmental their judgmental approach to life or jobs, their entitlement, their grandiosity, their vanity, everything that makes narcissistic personality disorder what it is, um, does not work well in their career. And typically narcissists go from one job to another to another because either they get infuriated, the narcissistic injury, and they quit, or someone gets tired of them and they're fired. So to that question, does it get worse over time? I believe so. I believe the narcissist um, cannot understand 
the impact that his own behaviors, his own psychopathology has on him or herself. And over time, he gets beaten down more and more and never really understands that it's really about him. Many narcissists end up alone and broken because they burned too many bridges. And um, often, because the narcissist is not open, um, or is not open to um, seeking psychotherapy, it's a disorder that feeds upon itself and cycles into misery. And either the narcissist um, is able to trap a um, codependent and have that person uh, for the rest of their lives, which is the saddest of all stories, or the narcissist often is alone. When does reality catch up with narcissists? That's a question that uh, is is um, difficult to answer because narcissism it is so varied in its presentation. You can be the devious, hurtful, malignant narcissist that I've talked about in my videos, um, where you rise to power and you trap people by your power um, and hurt, murder, rape, pillage um, because of your narcissistic need to be in power. You can be the covert narcissist who on the outside um, acts um, altruistic, kind, um, loving, and giving. But um, behind the scenes, there are deeper motives to conquer, to take, to steal, and to make everything that, that um, to, um, to deceive others in order to get what you need. Or you can be the productive narcissist, where you are so brilliant that you can actually make your grandiose dreams come true. I mean, think of uh, uh, Steve Jobs or uh, Bill Gates, or for that matter, some of our pol famous politicians, that their narcissism, um, um, because of their narcissism, they created these grandiose fantasies, but their intellect and their the gifts that they had made them... Um, uh, enable them to bring these narcissistic, grandiose dreams and visions into reality. Eventually, reality catches up to them. Lack of ability to accurately see that you are upsetting people or annoying people or burning a bridge or hurting others. That very uh, symptom um, that qualifies most people to be narcissistic is is going to get predictably the narcissist in trouble and that's when they have a fall from grace or they're terminated or someone breaks up or someone in their family or friend decides not to see them anymore eventually most narcissists will face the music and they will endure the same pain if not worse that they caused others but the sad reality of those narcissists who um who get hurt by their narcissism, they don't see it was their fault. They still blame others. Because remember, they're unable, if not incapable, of taking responsibility because they're just too damaged. So how do you spot a narcissist when they're so charming and likable and talented? Um, the best answer I have for that is healthy individuals have what I call a narcissist barometer. In other words, if you are not a codependent and someone who is narcissistic or has a narcissistic personality disorder um, behaves in the way that we understand narcissists do, something's going to go off. It's going to feel wrong. And we call that, you know, gut feeling, intuition. The charm will wear thin. 
whether it's in uh, the same day, it's a week, it's three months or six months, the narcissist can only hold it together and pretend they are greater than they think they are. Because we know at the core of the narcissist is a broken, shame-based, a person with very low self-esteem. And eventually that's going to come out. So if you're not codependent and you're not compelled by the human magnet syndrome to be attracted to the narcissist, there are going to be signs. Um, there's eventually going to be an argument. There's going to be eventually be a moment in which you challenge a narcissist and you experience for the first time a narcissistic injury. That charm goes to the wayside for someone who is psychologically balanced and healthy and will say normal with the, the average amount of problems, but are, they stay ahead of it. Um, they're the ones that can spot the narcissist. Sometimes it's right away if you have a fine-tuned narcissism barometer, or sometimes um, if the narcissist has some, you know, like malignant narcissist or covert narcissist, they have some sociopathic or um, antisocial traits, sometimes they can fool you for a while. But eventually it comes out because a narcissist cannot hide it. Is it possible to have healthy boundaries with a narcissist? Or another version of that question is, um, how do you set boundaries with narcissists? First, and the most easy part of this question is, no, it's not possible to have healthy boundaries with a narcissist because a narcissist wants so much more than anyone can give. They want your, they want who you are and what you like and what you need. They want to suck the life out of you in order to fulfill this bottomless, insatiable desire to be front and center and get all the attention. Because narcissists don't have empathy when your need supersedes their needs. The narcissist will never get why you're setting a boundary and will get upset and will do everything they can to control you in order to get that boundary met. But it is possible to set a boundary with a narcissist. It just takes vigilance, it takes confidence, and in perhaps support um, with friends, loved ones, or psychotherapy. So if you are healthy, and you set the boundary with the narcissist, they experience a narcissistic injury. And you, being a healthy person, don't like to be treated badly. Um, and you separate yourself from the narcissist. But after a while, they will back down, not because they understood or they understand uh, their narcissistic requests or needs are unfair, but they just got worn down. So eventually you're going to wear down the narcissist and they're going to accommodate you because as um, I've experienced personally and professionally is narcissists do not like being alone and they will do anything they can to not lose what's important to them. And that is an admirer, a job, a vehicle or an opportunity to show the world how great they are. And if they don't have power over you and you set your boundary, then they're going to accommodate you, but they won't be happy and it's going to suck. Another way to set boundaries with narcissists is using my technique, observe, don't absorb. Um, I've used this technique successfully and have received um, positive feedback from both the readers of my books, my videos, my articles. So if you would like to learn more about that, um, that information is included in my seminar, The Human Magnet Syndrome. So what about the people who finally break up or end a relationship with a narcissist? Is it happy sailings after that? Is everything fine? In my experience, um, no, it's not. The codependent that finally breaks off a relationship with a narcissist needs to be in therapy, needs to understand 
the psychological forces, the, the, the magnet, the magnetic draw that the narcissists have over their life. Because if they don't do that type of psychotherapy or healing, they are going to suffer um, out of a relationship with a narcissist. It's equivalent to being um, a drug addict or an alcoholic and deciding you're just going to stop and not getting involved in any type of support system, recovery, or treatment. You will go through pain and agony. You'll go through withdrawal symptoms. And for the codependent who breaks up from the narcissist, the number one withdrawal symptom is loneliness. It's, it's almost a physical manifestation of loneliness. It's deep, painful loneliness. And that loneliness can be endured, but it sticks around. And it sticks around long enough for many codependents who are not in recovery or therapy to either relapse using the addiction analogy and go back to the narcissist, their drug of choice, or to find another narcissist who they believe in the beginning um, is their savior, their soulmate, but as my dad used to say, ends up as their soulmate. So in closing, I hope this video helps you understand more about narcissistic personality disorder and the other forms of pathological narcissism. If you'd like to learn more about narcissism or codependency, I recommend that you go to my website, www.selfloverecovery.com. Consider looking at some of the uh, seminars or even reading my book, The Human Magnet Syndrome. Thank you and take care. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Building a self-love recovery community means the world to me. Spread the word. Let people know what we're talking about. And until we meet next, I'd like to leave you my favorite of all sayings by George Eliot. It's never too late to be what you might have been. Don't forget that. Our future is in our hands, despite what anyone has told you before. You can be the self-love abundant person you've always dreamt of. It's your birthright.